Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. All right, welcome to Impact Ministries Cyber Church. Listen, we have this incredible series that I really think is going to change the way you connect to God, change the way you experience the life of God. For positive, doesn't mean the way you're doing it is wrong. I just mean you're going to take a step up. Today, we're going to talk about life that brings light. And I'll tell you, anytime you make a, this statement, life brings light, Almost everybody will want to correct you and say, you mean light brings life. And that's the way it is in the natural world. But I want to tell you, in the kingdom, you're going to discover that life precedes light. Life comes before revelation. And most people don't get that. They think, I've got to have a revelation to get healed. No, you don't. You just got to connect to the life of God. You can get a revelation, but that revelation is not going to heal you. It's not going to prosper. It's not going to change the world. Listen, you are going to get so much out of this. I'll be right back. Don't go away. I've got a free message for this month called Angels of Light, Authors of Deception. I want to tell you something. We have talked about and we think that we know about angels of light. I'm going to show you something that's going to open your eyes to the true deception in this world. You know, in this series, the trifecta, a trifecta is something that occurs in threes. That's where you get the word tri. And a trifecta presents the idea for example, of the triple crown, of something with three things that come together to create something incredibly unique and maybe even incredibly superior. Now, I'll tell you something. You know, I don't like to jump off the rails in numerology, but I got news for you. The Bible is full of numerology. The Hebrew alphabet is all connected to numbers, and ancient Hebrew scholars used numerology with the Hebrew alphabet to understand many concepts that were hidden that, or that were locked away in the Word of God. But here's one of the things we understand, is that many things in the Bible happen in sequences of threes, and there seems to be something incredibly unique about the sequence of threes. As a matter of fact, even in the world of physics, which remember, physics are the laws by which God created the universe, and the laws that cause the universe to hold together. And God, He had to know all of these laws, and He had to develop all of these laws in His heart before He spoke them into existence. But, you know, uh, Nikola Tesla, which you might have heard of, Nikola Tesla was a genius. There are many of his patents that were filed around the turn of the century that to this very day are the core of broadcast uh, television and radio and, and many things. But Nikola Tesla had developed a way to extract energy out of the environment 
and to conduct it without wires to other locations and would have provided free electricity to the entire world with absolutely no pollution, no negative side effect. And of course, like all great innovators, he ended up with somebody that was making money off of selling electricity, destroying him. But Nikola Tesla said something that was so interesting. He said, when you understand the numbers three, six, and nine, he said, you can understand unlock all of the mysteries of the universe. And, you know, I don't know what he meant by that, but I'm telling you, there is something to this concept of threes. So we are dealing with life, light, and love. And we don't get into the love part of it until closer to the end of the series because you've got to understand these concepts of life and light. And I think I said this to you last week. It's natural, I said at the beginning of the program, it's just natural for us to put light first because in the physical world, we know that without sunlight, that nothing could live. We have to have sunlight in order for anything to live. But what we fail to realize is that sunlight was originated from God himself who is filled with life. And you know, understand this. When God created the natural world, and there's a mirror. The natural world is a mirror of the spiritual world. And anytime we tap into the true laws of science, we will come to understand things about God that we previously had not understood. And, you know, that's one of the things that Jesus said. He said, you know, just through what God has created, we can understand things about God that can't be seen. And I find that to be pretty phenomenal. But light carries information. I mean, you stop and think about it. If you switch from a cable that's sending information through your internet and you switch to fiber optics, which is run by light, light carries information through those wires and it can carry far more information much, much faster than you can transmit it any other way. And so when God created everything because He is life, then he programmed that life into the light so that when the light shone on the rest of his creation, that light would be able to bring forth the life. And so it starts with life. Life gets communicated through light, and then light brings forth life. But the important thing that we got to understand is this. Getting the sequence biblically based. You say, what sequence are you talking about? I'm talking about the sequence of life and light. This becomes incredibly important, and this will protect your heart if you understand it. You know, light, it does represent life and typology. Light represents knowledge, understanding, revelation, and all of these kinds of things, and truth. And so, you know, we have this concept that we've got to have a revelation in order to experience the life of God. That's a basic concept. And that is not totally wrong because revelation will lead us down a path of being able to connect to God based on the truth. But revelation itself does not create life in us. Only God himself can create life in us. That's why Jesus said, you know, he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And then in another place, he said, and this is life that you might know and experience 
God the Father, and Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. So, the ability to experience life is not about the information. It's not because of the information. The information facilitates it, but it is connecting to God Himself that actually brings us the life. Now, why is this so important? Well, I'll tell you why it's so important. Because if you don't understand this, you will pursue information your entire life and you will be so disgusted. You'll be so worn out from trying to get a new revelation and thinking that's going to solve your problem that you'll probably backslide or just get discouraged with God. Listen, I know thousands of Christians around the world that I have talked to that are backslidden, that don't want to go to hell, that don't want to give up on God, but they have given up on experiencing anything supernatural or anything miraculous in their life. And the reason they have is because they spent their entire Christian life gathering information, trying to get revelation. And they just kept thinking, if I can just get a revelation, then I can get healed. I can get out of financial trouble. Yeah, I can remember when I was doing my undergraduate work in theology in Bible college, and I'll never forget hearing the pastor of a, you know, 1,500-member church get up, and at that time was probably one of the most significant spirit-filled churches in America. It was a pioneer church. We had one of the few spirit-filled-based theological programs in the world, and there was a lot of great things. I tell you, I love where I went to school. I love what I got from it, but I'll never forget hearing him say, you know, when you need to get healed or when you need to experience something, you just need to get a new revelation, and I'll never forget leaving that service that day and thinking, something's wrong with that. You know, the Word is the Word is the Word. You know, no matter what Word it is, if it pertains to your need, that Word should be good. And the, the question is this, do I know how to take that Word and connect with the solution? Now, I didn't have it worked out then. I didn't have it all sorted out, but I'll tell you what, it was a part of this journey that brought me to this place that I'm at today where I realized this, a revelation only serves you or me to the degree that it facilitates us connecting to God personally and experiencing the life that He has. Now, I'm going to tell you an amazing thing will happen. The moment you experience the solution, the moment the problem is solved that's in your life, the moment you get healed, the moment you break out of poverty, the moment you break out of depression, you will then have light. You will then be able to look at your circumstance and be able to understand it exactly for what it is. And you won't be deceived about anything. I got news for you. You know, when you're still struggling with sickness and you're trying to get healed, you'll deceive yourself about why you're sick. When you're struggling with poverty and you're trying to come out of it and provide for your families and take well, you'll deceive yourself about why you're in poverty because you've got to protect yourself. We've got the need to be right. We've got the need to protect our ego. You know something? When you break out of poverty, you don't have to deceive yourself anymore. You don't have to make up excuses. When you get healed, you don't have to make up excuses. So, so I'm not saying that revelation is important, but I'm telling you this revelation will never bring light. I'll be back in just a minute. You've got to hear the next part of this. My new series, 
trifecta, life, light, and love. It's going to give you the tools to guard your heart. You know, Jesus warned that the greatest thing that we were going to be facing in this era that we're living in is deception. Well, I want to tell you something. If you have the light, you can't be drawn into the darkness. And not only is this going to help you have the life, it's going to show you how to connect to the life so that the quality of life that you experience is not based on anything that's going on around you. So you got to be asking yourself, how in the world did we get, how did the world get here where we've become information mongers? You know, you got to understand that the Jews, their inherent default problem was legalism. But for Gentiles, the inherent default problem has always been mysticism and spiritual mysticism, and spiritual mysticism has its roots in the occult, and the occult has its roots in the worship of Lucifer. Now, let me say this. Not everybody that's in an occult group, a secret society, or a cult group that considers itself to be a church, most of the people don't know it. They have no idea. They're a member of a church or a member of a group, and many of these groups do not make it clear what their true beliefs are until you go through enough initiations that finally you get into the secret place and you find out what they really, really believe. But all of this started really with the fall of Lucifer. Until we understand what happened with Lucifer and understand iniquity, we really do not understand the importance of light versus darkness, and we don't even really understand how things work. Now, you know, the Bible tells us in Ezekiel 28, 15, that Lucifer was perfect in all of his ways from the day that he was created until iniquity was found in him. And through this process, he began as a matter of fact, the Bible says that because of his beauty, he corrupted his wisdom for the sake of his splendor. And then as a result of this, he was cast out. So keep in mind, Lucifer, he was this miraculous being, this beautiful, splendid being. Now, he wasn't what most people tell you. Most people teach that he's the worship leader, that he covered the throne of God. We don't know those things. We have no reason to believe any of those things are true because they're not in the Bible. You have to stretch to convince yourself they're in the Bible. But we do know that he was at least one of the archangels and that he was a splendid, perfect creation. But the problem is, he went through a situation called extrapolation, where he began to reason. See, extrapolation is where you start with the truth and you begin this reasoning process, but because you're corrupt in some of your values or you're corrupt in some of your reasoning, you start with truth, but then your logic moves you away from truth. So you're always pointing back to the truth. Lucifer could always point back to the truth of his splendor, of how beautiful and great and perfect he was. But even though he could point back to that, his corrupt logic, which is rooted in iniquity. So iniquity always begins with a crooked heart, and a crooked heart bends the Word of God twist the Word of God. And when you begin to twist the Word of God, the time will come when you will start rejecting portions of or maybe even all of the Word of God. So Lucifer just started out with a reasoning. He started out with something that was true, but through a corrupt logic rooted in iniquity, he reached this idea that he himself could be God, that he would replace the Almighty God. 
Well, he had the surprise of his life when he was cast out. And I've said this before, and it's important that you understand this. God and Lucifer are not in a battle where Lucifer thinks he can win. Lucifer has already been cast out. He is already powerless other than lies and deception. And the only thing he can do in planet Earth is that which people choose to do because they believe his lies and they follow his way of greed and pride and and all of those kinds of things. But he himself has no power to function in planet Earth beyond what mankind gives him. So Lucifer, when he's cast out, A third of the angels are cast out with him. Now, as I understand it, they are locked away in chains of everlasting darkness. So those angels are not where demons came from. Those angels are not walking planet Earth. You know, they're not the source of demons and, and this sort of thing. So Lucifer appears in the garden. And, of course, you know the temptation where, you know, Adam and Eve were told not to eat of this particular tree. And they did. And it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, up until this time, Adam and Eve lived out of, and they governed their life by whatever God told them. And they had not become flesh yet because they were a living soul, which meant their soul was under the influence of their spirit. But when sin came in the picture and when they hid their hearts from God, they became flesh, which means now their soul was dominated by their flesh. And so the whole idea that was introduced in the garden, and really from that time forward, it was just expanded all over earth, is that the Creator God was a control freak. The Creator God had all these rules and regulations to take your happiness away from you. The Creator God wasn't interested in you being fulfilled and being happy. He was just interested in forcing His control and oppression on you. And so Lucifer comes, according to occult ideology, Lucifer comes, and it doesn't say that he brought man the knowledge of good and evil, which has destroyed the human race and has brought the world to where it is today. They say that Lucifer, and the word Lucifer means light bearer, that Lucifer brought them knowledge. Lucifer brought them light. And so because of this light that Lucifer brought them, they were able to set themselves free from the dominance of a legalistic, angry God. Now, every legalistic concept of God's Word, every interpretation of God's Word that shows Him as angry, that shows Him as a destroyer, that shows Him as the punisher, comes from Luciferian doctrine. Now, Luciferians never use the term Satan. They use the term Lucifer. And so the occult world and those influenced by Luciferian ideology say they have the true light. They have a revelation that's greater than the Word of God. They received the secrets of the universe from Lucifer who liberated man by bringing knowledge to them. Now, this is important that you understand this. In the book of Genesis, we have another group of angels that fall and They were called by the Jews, they were called watchers. These were the angels that appeared to people. And those people never even knew they were angels because they had bodies exactly like human bodies. And they began to procreate with the daughters of men and produce what's called the Nephilim. And the Nephilim 
convince mankind that they were either gods or demagogues. In other words, they were part man, they were part God. And they began to influence the ideology of all religious concepts and begin to present themselves as servants of Lucifer, the true God of light, and they could do nearly miraculous things. So from that time until this time, there has been the idea that revelation brings life. Now, in the book of 1 John, the apostle John is dealing with Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism comes from the Greek word knowledge. The Gnostics, you see, they began to teach this Luciferian doctrine, you know, that God and Satan were just equals and that God himself as the creator God. See, if he's the creator God and they believe, you know, the world is evil, all matter is evil. So they developed these concepts of him having these emanations of himself. He kept creating new emanations of himself. And when he created enough of them, one of them out there actually became the creator God. I mean, it's an absolute mess. But the bottom line is this. There doctrine was that they got personal revelation from God, and this personal revelation from God increased their anointing. And through the increased anointings, you experience more of God. Now, let me just tell you something. And I, boy, a lot, some of you are going to get really mad about this. You may be angry at me, but I just got to tell you this. Almost everything we've been taught about anointings is unscriptural. Now, I'm not saying all of it is, but I'm saying almost all of it is. Because, you see, we don't get special anointings. And this is why John addressed this about let that anointing that you receive when you believe on Jesus, let that abide on you. That's the anointing you want to yield to because that's the same anointing that Jesus has instead of trying to get all these special anointings. And so to this day, the idea of, man, I'm getting personal revelation. God is showing me phenomenal things. My anointing's increasing. And man, I know this is going to work. This is going to give me my breakthrough. I know this is where it's going to happen. And you know what? For most people, it doesn't happen. For most people, the breakthrough doesn't come because their faith really isn't in God. Their faith is in their information. Their faith is in their doctrine. And they're thinking that if I can just figure out the right doctrine, if I can just figure out the, the way to say my prayers, the right words to use when I pray, if, if I can figure all this stuff out, then I get the life. I get the healing. I get the prosperity. I get the peace. I get the joy. I get my prayers answered. I want you to know that is a complete occult concept. And I'm telling you, the Western world has been baptized in this. This is the default era for Gentiles. And we're Gentiles by nature. And so we always seek knowledge. And, you know, Paul told us, look, knowledge will puff up, but love will build you up. If you connect to God and the love of God, you're going to get built up. So am I saying revelation is bad? No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying revelation doesn't bring life. I'm saying that revelation helps you understand some things about God. Helps you see yourself differently, see God differently. But at the end, revelation facilitates or inspires you to go personally back to God and connect with Him on an intimate level, to wrap your life around Him on an intimate level so that you can experience His life. Then you'll have a revelation that comes from life. I'll be back with a mentoring moment in just a minute. 
And I want you to have this new series called Trifecta because I'm telling you, it's going to show you how to connect to the life of God. And that's what's missing. We have information, but we need the life of God. We need supernatural power, supernatural transformation. Be sure and get it. You know, Jesus didn't leave planet Earth and tell us to go make converts. He left planet Earth and told us to go make disciples. How do you make disciples? You teach them how to apply everything that Jesus taught us about the Word of God. I want to encourage you in something. If you feel called to the ministry or you even want to just develop yourself very deeply, check out Impact International School of Ministry. It's an online program where you can grow and develop yourself and you can go out and fulfill your call and fill your dream. But I also want you to know that all over the world in third world countries, we are starting Bible schools specifically to answer Jesus' call for the Great Commission. We call it Operation One Billion, where Bible schools are training thousands and thousands of leaders, and those leaders in other countries will go out and reach people and teach them what they're learning there, and we're going to reach a billion people for Jesus. You know, sometimes as ministers of the gospel or even as Christians who are witnessing to and attempting to influence people, sometimes we just make it all about trying to get them to become a convert or trying to get them to understand what they're doing wrong. A disciple is somebody that learns what Jesus said and how it can be applied to life's problems. And so as we're showing people how the Word of God works in their life. As we're sharing the practical application of the Word of God, people will look at it and say, oh man, I can do that. But what they'll soon discover is, yes, they can do this to some degree, but the truth is they can never do it to the degree that God wants unless they have experienced God for themselves. You know, that's an amazing thing about life and light. Since life produces light, and the Bible says that light can't comprehend, it can't overcome, it can't even take hold of the life, then here's the irony. is the person that is in darkness, the real truth is you can give them the light, they can apply it to some degree, but they can never take hold of the life for themselves. So we bring people to make a decision about Jesus as Lord so they connect to the life. And then... From there, they start to understand certain things that they didn't understand. They start to have a revelation. They start to see truth. Not revelation independent of the Word of God, but that the Word of God starts making sense. But remember, that same principle works with our every single need. No matter what I'm facing, no matter what I need in my life, the information will never give it to me. And I can't minister in a way that makes people think the information will give it to them. I want to encourage people to do just the very basics, and that is read your Bible, meditate, pray, connect to Jesus personally, and then the truth will come alive to you. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.